Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast. We're talking about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen. Good to be back with you guys. And before we get started, I know um, I had received several Twitter DMs from some of our watchers and readers. I had posted that my mother passed away, and I greatly appreciate you guys reaching out. That meant a lot to me. And I'm glad to be back and glad to be back in business. We are glad to have you back. Uh, we are back here with some more Microsoft news. Uh, per usual, we got a lot of headlines to go through. We actually got a pretty interesting uh, discussion to talk about as well, whether or not AI can help Windows. Not that it's, you know, Windows can't be saved, but is it AI that's going to save it? Uh, that'll, that'll be reserved for the end of uh, our podcast today. But uh, some of our headlines we're going to be kind of covering is Microsoft dropping Cortana. Uh, in in Windows officially, so uh, those of you who got used to the uh, being the butt of all jokes, you no longer have to deal with that. The Novo Legion uh, is going uh, with a handheld uh, for next year, I believe. Microsoft's first party re- uh, replacement uh, for N- uh, Xbox Series S and X controllers is now official in the store, I believe so. Uh, we got a Surface rumors roundup section where we're talking about the uh go uh, the next version of the go and the laptop as well and see what's coming down the pipe for those uh we also have microsoft uh experiences this largest workforce reduction cutting 11,000 jobs in uh this year i think the last time they did that was when they lobbed off the cancer that was nokia i believe so uh we will uh, be talking about that also uh something i kind of predicted and we talked about several times about how ClipChamp would become more of an enterprise tool than you know something people would replace Windows Movie Maker with, and it looks like it's becoming a reality. So let's get into our first headline. I'll let you open it up uh, with whatever you wanted to go with. Well, I'm gonna open it up with something fun. The um, Lenovo is talking about giving us the Lenovo Legion Go, which is said to be the next handheld PC that is going to be a Steam Deck competitor. Now, we don't know a whole lot about it, except like you were saying in the opening, it's supposed to be available sometime early next year. We know it will be running Windows 11 and it's supposed to be running the AMD Phoenix processor. It's also speculated to have an eight inch screen, whereas the ROG Ally, which has recently came out with by Asus, is a seven inch screen and i believe the steam deck that started this whole handheld revolution is also a seven inch screen part of what makes this i think more important is we're starting to see more and more of these handheld gaming plat you know these gaming devices come up we've got one by logitech that is just for cloud gaming we've got the asus rog ally we've got the steam deck and if you get on um, amazon i did this last night and you start looking up um handheld gaming devices you see a lot of um you know chinese devices that necessarily aren't heavily marketed in the united states but the kicker is for the windows folks out there they're all running windows 11 and we have heard rumors that there could be a version of windows 11 slash windows 12 for some of these handheld devices and i think the more we see of these handheld gaming devices they're going to get popular again you know they say things kind of do a 360 we had the game boys back in the day i'm sure you guys remember those we had the playstation psps 
I think this is kind of the handheld gaming reincarnation, and I think it would be good for Windows because if they start selling, Microsoft is going to pay attention to that. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you just said there. That's awesome. Uh, fingers crossed for handheld games and for Microsoft to make an operating system that works well for that, not just slap on Windows and hope it, you know, with all of its drivers, updates, and bugs, works for that. Uh, you know, ideally we'll get, you know, Windows gaming as the OS or, you know, whatever they're going to call this thing. They got, they already lost it with the branding for Windows X or Windows 10. <laughs> so maybe we just get Windows gaming and it's, uh, you know, super light, this core version that everyone keeps talking about that just runs uh, this particular thing, but allows people to, you know, tinker with the VM VMware that's necessary to run steam and, and everything else and i hope we do because i have had the brief opportunity to pick up a asus rog ally and this was a 15 minute deal folks so i didn't get a whole lot of time to dig into it but you can certainly being being the tech enthusiast that we are see that there is a gap between ease of use for the pick up and play gamer versus having to deal with windows and all the you know minor details that you have to deal with the installing of software it would like you said it would be lovely if microsoft would give us something that says look we're going to make this easy for you a one consistent interface you don't necessarily have to look at a windows traditional desktop to do anything no just find a way to merge the xbox ui on top of this thing exactly. you still get your browser you still get access to apps you can still download things like that so here's talking to you microsoft uh going on to our next one uh i have a bit of somber news uh about gaming for those of us who were fans of halo and cortana and their relationship it is now gone uh microsoft drops cortana app and windows introduces advanced ai pr productivity tools as a replacement uh, to ease the transition, uh, Microsoft is offering an alternative resource for Windows users, which is now called uh, Voice Access. It's a new feature that allows users to control their PCs uh, to write text using voice commands working offline uh, with advanced speech recognition. Moreover, the new AI-powered being provides concise answers from trusted web sources to complex questions uh, through Bing Chat. Uh, the Microsoft 365 Copilot uh, new AI feature leverages users uh, leverages users Microsoft 365 data, calendars, emails, and chats uh, to help kind of recreate uh, an assistant vibe. Is just we're no longer going to be talking to it, uh, which you know with this news coming about, it makes sense. Uh, I think we are quickly transitioning from yelling at our speakers and our phones and our computers and our TVs to uh, getting specialized information uh, via text or context. Uh, not that not to say that everyone's typing and everything but at least contextually speaking your devices know what their uses are for and they kind of tailor towards that you don't have to really guide them uh so you know it's sad news for cortana as the brand i don't even believe she's in the game anymore i believe infinite's correct or whatnot last time i played so uh this may be her final hurrah she is retired i'm not even sure she made it to her senior years <laughs> I, I i did not like it i never will like it but i will say this and i don't want to steal anything from what's coming up in the podcast if you look at the co-pilot window 
that is in Windows 11 that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. It kind of gave me a bad Cortana vibe because it's kind of got the look, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know that was, you know. If you look at the little logo, okay, yeah, I get that they bent the logo this way or the other, but I still got that darn Cort- Cortana vibe. <laughs> I mean, we're we're going to talk about whether or not uh, assistances are necessary because again, this leaves basically Siri alone. Uh, Google Assistant kind of threads the needle of being both voice uh, operated and being part of this new evolution of chat uh ai and do uh, infused uh, assistance or whatnot but um i mean do people really still use voice commands to operate their devices routinely or is it mostly just you know random searches at like 2 a.m or when you're watching a movie you wonder who a specific actor actress is because uh, i feel like for all the power that these things could have done over the last five to seven years we have we as users haven't expounded on that so maybe it's on us what's our next headline let's see what else do we have here we have microsoft is offering you the chance to have replacement parts for your xbox elite series 2 controller so basically what this means is one you need to be a little tech savvy microsoft does make that clear on their website you can order parts for that expensive um customized gaming controller the xbox series the xbox elite series 2 they do offer you pdfs with instructions and they do make it clear like i said these type of repairs require moderate technical skill and are suited for enthusiast professionals or those with prior experience with electronic disassembly now so you can get on the website you can use the pdf that they offer and buy your parts and repair it yourself and they're kind of putting this under the you know consumer right to repair that has kind of been floating out there i think you know we went through a period with technology where we could repair everything as consumers and we could put our laptops back together we could put our pcs back together then we wanted things thin light small so we kind of went to a lot of solid state things where things are soldered on and i think we're seeing some things come back to where hey if you spend 200 bucks on a controller and it breaks you can actually repair it assuming you have the skills way to go microsoft i'd love to see other people will pick this idea up yeah i agree it was i think the trade-off we had over time was that uh we were paying for the efficiency of a device uh you know when you said you had your memory soldered on you had your batteries placed in you know we were trusting that the companies when they were charging us more for these things that the devices would last longer and do these kind of things and don't get me wrong devices are lasting longer uh but the prices are becoming uh, absorbent so i think the trade-off is now people are like well if if i'm going to keep this device if i'm going to get the lifespan of the the dollars i put into this i'd like to repair it myself uh, i'd like to keep keep its life going versus you know uh, all right it, it's got a lifespan of four to five years at most and then i'll you know chuck it away after spending 1800 like i don't think people are all that apt to be doing that anymore these days you know i saw something on another podcast earlier in the week that um the idea of swappable cell phone batteries needs to come back because a lot of people just you know simply your you know my phone is one of them my phone is five years old and 
the battery isn't great there's nothing wrong with the rest of the foam so just you know it kind of shows that hey bring the swappable batteries back and you know people can get you know longer life out of their phone now samsung apple google don't want to hear that because they want you to go spend seventeen hundred dollars on the new shiny foldables that are out but i think the consumer needs the choice of what they want to do i totally agree with you uh, moving on, uh, we have Microsoft bringing ClipChamp video tools to Microsoft 365 commercial customers. Uh, we've been saying this uh, for a little bit now that Microsoft, uh, having purchased and eventually integrating ClipChamp into Windows, uh, was just another way for the company to offer more tools for businesses. Uh, and particularly, I think, for people who are in marketing, uh, or at least more, have small marketing divisions. Uh, Microsoft announced that its popular video creation tool, which was announced last year, rebranded uh, and added some fluent designs and logos and I believe a few more features since since it's been purchased, will now be available to Microsoft 365 uh, commercial customers through the targeted release program. Previously only accessible with uh, personal Microsoft accounts, uh, the expansion aims to enhance business productivity and creativity. ClearChamp's forthcoming availability for commercial customers in the targeted release program uh, scheduled to end at the end of this month, August 2023. Uh, IT administrators uh, can opt into for the uh, for the organizations to access this feature, and then you know they can obviously dole out uh, user licenses once they've uh, gotten in the program. Microsoft encourages users to provide feedback during this release phase to further improve ClearChamp's experience. So if you are uh, like I said, in their market division and you want to use tools and don't want to, have to pay for an Adobe subscription or get to learn Filmora or any of these other things, you just want to do something quick uh, with templated uh, uh, software. Uh, I think ClipChamp's great at that. It has tools specifically designed to make posts for Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, things like that. So if you just need something, you know, say you are promoting uh, whatever your latest widget is or whatever your latest discount is, uh, this is probably the quickest way to do that if you're using Windows. Get your IT admins to uh, get you guys access to that uh, and get going. Like I said, uh, I think this, at the end of the day, uh, you know, creatives always complain, one, about the battery life on Windows device. I think that's their biggest thing. But the second thing is just the software. There, there's no dedicated inbox software like you have with Final Cut or iMovie uh, or an equivalent. I think ClipChamp is hopefully going to be ideally that thing it'll be your iMovie ish mix between that and uh and adobe or final cut that'll allow people to you know start up their next you know their newest windows device and start editing some videos really quickly uh, and it's you know as far as i can tell it's pretty lightweight it's a web app so like i said it's i think it was designed specifically to help businesses and, and for the most part I agree, and I have tinkered with it a little bit, and I actually, you know, like you said, for if you understand its limitations and it's meant to be just a quick, you know, promo or something like that, now please don't put your 45-minute, you know, video in there and expect special effects, but I have actually put ClipChamp, the web, you know, web version, on a Chromebook in a pinch and could uh, you know could quickly edit just a little home movie to send to send you know a clip to somebody on Instagram and the fact that it renders via the web it's not as quick as your dedicated GPU you know laptop or whatever so be aware of that but i think this this is cool you know microsoft is venturing away from 
just straight productivity and i've always said and i'm still thinking about it how far does the 365 branding go this is a step out we've had microsoft designer which was also a part of 365 and i'm interested to see where they take it yeah uh, another use case because we're always talking about you know creating video but for those of you who work in hr who work in it uh, you can also do great uh, tutorials, uh, walkthroughs. Uh, this is another, you know, I, I know that PowerPoint recently got uh, uh, an addition where you can record yourself going over your presentation. Uh, if you didn't want to use PowerPoint, you can use this to do the same thing. If you have presentations or you have quick notes or things that you need to uh, send people via video per se or uh, some type of animation, this is another way to do that. So has multifaceted, hopefully Microsoft, you know, is a good steward of the software and, and keeps it going, get adds to creative features people are gonna request for during this, you know, month span and must testing. And we see it grow, hopefully. What is our next headline? Well, we're gonna have a little sad news here, folks, and I don't like to give you guys- <laughs> If Cortana dying wasn't sad enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm heartbroken over that one. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft has cut 11,000 jobs in the fiscal year of 2023. Now, it's not a surprise. They did tell us earlier in the year that, you know, this was coming. They kind of told us the end of last year this was coming. But when you see the news put down on paper as to how much they actually took away from the workforce, kind of makes you step back a minute. We have um, over 1,000 employees were, were let go and we had customer service division when underwent a transformation and um, they're down to 221,000 employees a decline from the peak of 232,000 employees so you know a lot of people I have read in forums and whatnot and I, that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about this you, you see that number and we just had their earnings what a week a week 10 days ago and you see well this company made 10 you know billions of dollars they they had revenue they had enough money to keep these 10,000 employees or 11,000 employees they let go you're right they do have enough money to keep these 11,000 employees on but you have to remember they have to answer to the stockholder and the stockholder doesn't want to hear oh we we were good folks and we made the money last year so we kept these employees on that you know that the stockholder want the investor stockholder wants to see maximum profit and less expenses so if it's not needed for us to produce profit then the stockholder wants it gone they don't want to hear that you were good stewards and you kept 11,000 people on just because we could afford it. That's kind of like, you know, well, we run the air condition 365 days a year at Microsoft. We're only there 300. They want you to turn the air condition off so you're not wasting the money. So you have to look at it from the investor's point of view as well. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, always sad news for anybody. Uh, to lose a job because you know it's some people have livelihoods i, I know what is it uh ben rudolph who's been there who had been there for 
decades or whatever he was uh his him and his division were let go uh, a few months back and other people that we know uh their divisions weren't held up i know that a lot of their uh cuts were from the sales team and uh i think that perhaps may be indicative of the product that they're producing i think uh there are fewer and fewer necessi- necessities for admins to be handheld through implementing microsoft's uh, software and services so uh, one of two things are happening. Uh, either those people are meeting their quota for, for as far as reaching out to business, or again, like you said, there may just be a glutton in the usefulness. If I can get an ad, if, I, if I've made my product so well uh, uh, intuitive, yep. then I don't necessarily need a salesperson to, to handheld the IT guy. Yeah, I got him, he bought the package, he, he got his business, he got all the seats working on it. But your position there to like walk and answer and custom support and things like that may not necessarily be uh, needed anymore. So what do I do with you? And, you know, some of these people are on contracts Some of these people have been working it for years. Either way, the news is bad. And like we, I had mentioned at the top, this is the second time in 10 years that Microsoft has had to have such steep cut in uh, employee layoffs or, uh, you know, letting people go. So. Hopefully we don't see this again for a few more years. Maybe, you know, you know, they did rip the bandaid off and I don't say this flippantly. I just, I'm saying this as an optimist for those who still have a job there, or people who are looking to maybe work there once again uh, in the, in the near future. I think, uh, after the Nokia thing, they were down to about 191,000 employees. So you can see that, you know, even having gotten rid of what they considered the bad baggage of windows or, you know, Microsoft, uh, or Windows on Mobile, or whatever. Uh, they were still ready to hire another, you know, thirty to forty thousand people. So, you know, hopefully these things go in waves, and maybe we'll Microsoft to be back up to, you know, two forty again in a few years, and those of you who are looking for jobs can re- get rehired. And I, I think that's important to add. You know, I think during the stress of getting laid off from a job or fired or whatever, people look at it like, okay. They'll, they'll never put these jobs back. Like you said, you have to remember it goes in ebbs and flows. While they may not hire the people back in customer service or sales or whatever, the job numbers do eventually come back. And something to remember, I come from the days where if you did something on a network, a system administrator was almost always required. Somebody who had specific knowledge in how to help you run your business. One of the downsides of the cloud, if you will, is the easier they make the cloud, you have to remember maybe the less that that administrator or the tech support, as you were saying, is needed. So there's pros and cons and checks and balances there to consider too. Yeah, well, let's move on to something that may cheer some people up uh, from this very depressing topic, Uh, rumors. Hardware rumors, to be specific, and I know some of our fans yes. here love hardware stuff. Unfortunately, this isn't the hardware that most people on this uh, podcast are hoping to listen for, but uh, we got something. Uh, we got uh, Microsoft uh, maybe putting its ARM-powered Surface Go uh, 4 on hold and opting for Intel instead again. Uh, I believe uh, the most recent information is coming from our boy Zach Bowden over at Windows Central, uh, who also started the original ARM uh, rumor to begin with, uh, I believe about a year ago, uh, is now saying that I think it's Project Tanta, 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 T-A-N-T-A, 
uh, which is the ARM-powered version of the Surface Go uh, 4, is being put on hold. Uh, we don't know if it's indefinite. Uh, this is one of those kind of, we're going to bury the ET game out in the desert and hope no one knows about it kind of situations, or if this is just, you know, we're not ready this year for this. But either way, Microsoft is uh, going to be going with the uh, Intel N200 chip, which is, I believe, the replacement for the i3Y series or whatever they use, some kind of like... Yeah in mobile version of their chipset. Um, so it's supposed to, you know, this version is supposed to be better than that gold version, uh, more efficient, uh, more powerful. So uh, despite it still being Intel, uh, we should see some benefits in that. But uh, if you were looking for an ARM version of this and, you know, with ARM, we suspected some design uh, changes to come with this, don't. Uh, I think he did say the only design change would happen internally which would allow for a more repairable device, uh, kind of going with their theme over the last couple of years where they're allowing, like you mentioned, uh, user repairability aspects to this. So I don't know if you're gonna be able to replace batteries or anything like that, but uh, there will be parts perhaps that you can uh, upgrade or change or fix yourself uh, thanks to the new internal design. But the outside should still remain roughly the same. Uh, the Intel chipset should be more powerful. Uh, I don't believe these things were fan operated, so you don't really need to worry about that. Maybe you need to worry a little bit about the heat, but we'll see how that uh, is going forward. The other rumor we have is that the Surface Laptop Go uh, could be more powerful, but because the same way that they're doing with the uh, Surface Laptop Studio, they are nixing the entry level uh, four gigabyte version of this one. So instead of having, again, the four gigabyte at $499 or $599, I believe it was, we will now be seeing a uh, eight gigabyte and a starting price of around $699. So, and I believe, again, the internal design should be roughly the same. I don't know if they're going to be getting rid of the um, uh, dedicated uh, proprietary surface charging port. I know that uh, I've reviewed and tested out the Surface Thunderbolt dock, Thunderbolt 4 dock, which uses just a USB, USB-C type uh, Thunderbolt connector. Uh, if this is the way going forward, maybe they can save some space and just become more uniform with this thing, uh, but we'll see. But either way, uh, you're now going to be getting uh, 8 gigs at 699 for this version, and I believe you're going to be getting starting off with 256 gigabytes of storage and a uh, 12th core, uh, Core i5 processor. So better specs, more, the price is going to go up a little bit. Again, these things are designed to be going for, I believe, students. So I don't know how this price jump is going to affect the sales in that. Uh, we'll see. But uh, based on, I don't th even think we went over the, uh, the quarterlies, but their hardware division is down. So we'll be seeing how well these new devices are selling. Or will sell. Am, am I the only one that's disappointed that the Go is not an ARM? based CPU. Well, uh, no, I think I think I think our audience maybe, but let me as you and I were talking kind of off mic a minute ago. Let's temper those expectations because of the intended audience for this. It isn't you or I who would like to see Microsoft finally dedicate itself to an ARM processor. It's the businesses who still use these devices for probably single action ActiveX apps that were written specifically for Intel chipsets. So uh, the learning curve for you and I would be easy. You know, we, we'd sure. uh, you know, adapt and pivot and adapt. I think for these people who you know, have kiosks, who have stands that are built just to hold this thing, just to swipe in, sign in, take a purchase, have someone sign the credit card over, things like that. These apps 
are designed specifically for these things, for these use cases in a warehouse, wherever, uh, when they get the updated version and, they, and their apps are suddenly incompatible, you've broken a whole system and now your device and now you as a brand are a bit tainted. So it makes sense that they're going to go with this. Maybe next year we'll have two versions like they do with the Service Pro where you have an arm and you have the, the latest Intel mobile, but I get it. I would like to, looking at it from a straight consumer point of view, forget the fact that you and I are enthusiasts. I was thinking about something while you were talking there. Microsoft's entry level point for ARM right now is the 12, you know, the, the higher end Surface, the 5G Surface Pro 9, I believe it is. That's, that's the 5G model. Okay, you've got to break $1,000 to get the ARM experience. I, you know, I get what we're saying about kiosk and breaking the ecosystem if the kiosks don't work because they're based on ARM, but Microsoft keeps inching ARM forward just a little bit at the time. It's very slow. If they had two versions of the Surface Go, one that was Intel, one that was ARM, make them price competitive, maybe let that ARM version slide in there at 50 bucks cheaper. That way the consumer gets a taste of ARM with clear expectations of what it can do. I think that, you know, that's clear. I think Microsoft has got to set the expectation. But from using an ARM device myself, for most productivity people, it will get the job done and your battery life on an ARM device and your cooling right now to me is quite a bit better than what you get on the Intel AMD side of things. And the consumer is not going to get the opportunity to say, hey, Microsoft, we like this ARM thing you got going on here and get it moving forward because they're not going to make the $12.99 jump to try an ARM device. So I think there's got to be an entry level point in there to where the consumer feels comfortable with the risk of making the purchase. I agree with you, but I think this is the only time where I'll agree with trickle-down economics, uh, at least the theory, <laughs> is that uh, Microsoft, just like Apple, is you know, with Apple with their M1s and their iPad Pros and the software features, they always tailor that stuff to the high end because the person who's willing to spend that much tends to know what they're right. paying for. So you let all the development happen at the top end, you let everyone who paid, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars to get the Surface Pro X, go through that pain of fixing Windows on ARM as an operating system. You don't do like we did with Nokia, where you like had the Lumia 50 or whatever, and you send it out to everyone, and everyone sends it back to you complaining because you you've lowered the price, and everyone doesn't, ex you know, they're not expecting uh, certain things from this device. They just know that the price is there and that they it should work for this price. If you put out ARM at four hundred dollars and you know, you get tens of thousands of people who get it, and then nines of thousands of people who send it back saying, oh, this thing's broken, you've done yourself a disservice. But if you tailor it towards 500 people who are gonna pay $1,500 for it, and, you know, 200 of them send it back saying, hey, this is broken, the other 200 gave you enough telemetry to say, hey, uh, or 250 to telemetry to say, these are things that need to fix. This is how you keep working on it. And eventually when you get it just right, and there's that, that pain point has been reduced to you know an infinitesimal amount then you give it to everybody and i think that's when they'll just make the, the switch versus having two forms of the same thing at a lower cost to say hey from now on since we fixed it at the high end windows and arm works 
we'll just do it down the entire lineup. You know, Surface laptops will start showing up with Windows on ARM. Uh, there will just be one version of the Surface Go on ARM. Maybe the Surface laptop moves to ARM. Like you'll be able to just do that versus having to kind of, let's keep making two versions of the same thing and testing it out. And we're, you know, spending more to make double the double the hardware and things like that. That's my theory on this. You know, I could be wrong. And I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that viewpoint either. I just know the folks at Intel. If they heard what you just said, they just cringed and closed their laptop, <laughs> cl- closed their laptop lids, and said they're done talking to both of us. <laughs> Probably. I think we've we've upset a bunch of people. AMD people, come talk to us. Uh, with that being said, let's get into our final discussion for the day, and maybe we'll keep this one short. But I feel like we're not going to. We have a lot to say about it. But Windows Copilot. <laughs> Uh, has, has has a bunch of upcoming features. Uh, and this is unearthed by a leak. Uh, I believe Zeno, uh, who's a, re- a renowned Windows enthusiast, recently lifted the veil in a wave of new capabilities that are expected to roll out to uh, the future versions of Windows Copilot. Uh, and again, this is different from being Copilot because this is the one that sits on your uh, device. Um, some of the features that are, are at least roadmapped are accessibility tools where Windows 11 accessibility features will soon be available through Windows Copilot. The integration ensures that users with different abilities can easily navigate the system. So, you know, you'll be able to voice activate high contrast or, you know, make things, uh, you know, get narrated to, to kind of work instantly and stuff like that. Clock services with the clock service feature, users will be able to set up timers, reminders, and alarms with ease. So I'm just assuming you can do this uh, either through your voice or type it in. Troubleshooting, uh, so you'll have a, perhaps a dedicated feed, uh, you know, user feedback section that help you optimize your feedback whenever you have encounter bugs, or whenever you're having an issue uh, with like a driver or something like that. Right now, you have to kind of like, you know, go to device manager, and then device manager will prompt you at that pointer, and go into settings, and then look for whatever it is you think is broken, and then type in the search or whatever. Maybe this is just an easier way to get to that. Uh, and you'll also be able to launch applications. Windows Copilot may soon allow users to launch. I think you can launch stuff that's uh, first party on Windows, but you maybe you'll be able to start launching more things uh, like Spotify or Pinterest or YouTube or uh, you know Adobe Premiere stuff like that through these prompts. And you may be able to uh, launch specifically into sections of these apps. So you're for like I have a project that I was just you know previously editing, relaunch that one. So that kind of stuff. Um, my question at the end of the day, though, is, is it necessary? Is it going to make Windows better or easier to use? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, it kind of goes back to us old folks. You and, you and I were off camera. We called ourselves the old folks. We were we, we were raised in the keyboard, mouse. You need to change something. You click control panel. You click display. And even in recent years, they've just not changed the settings. You know, it was control panel for many years that's still what i look for is control panel and those old school things and then i think of my little niece who is three and and is just getting her start in technology if you know when she comes through if computers are operated via ai like you're mentioning that's what she's going to do she's going to say the prompt she's going to type the prompts that's what you know that's how she will be taught to interact just like you know, touch screens kind of came in, you know, in the middle of our generations. But, you know, how, how often did we use a touch screen? We were still looking those cell phones and those devices with the slide out keyboards, the palm devices, for example, because that's what we were used to. I don't see the 
old folks necessarily catching on to the co-pilot way of doing things because Cortana, I hate to bring this old girl back up, but yeah. you know, she's you beat know, a dead horse. Yeah, that that was kind of her purpose in a way, was it not? To to get people to interact differently. And I don't think whether you're talking to your device or whatever, us old folks, we're gonna go back to that mouse and keyboard. The young folks that get taught the AI way, the kids in schools, the three, four, five year olds and on up. They're going to do it the AI way and look at us old folks like you actually use that mouse and that keyboard. You actually did that. Yes. But is it needed for people now? I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit on this and say, okay, I I think we are in a transition period. Uh, I grew up with the GUI. Uh, Uh I have a father-in-law who didn't. And he tells me about the stories and, you know, he's in that transition of going from, you know, having to, like you said, command prompt everything to get your system to work there. You didn't have a background. You didn't have a mouse that like moved and dragged and resized windows and opened up several things. You had your commands and you had your calculations and that's what a computer sped out for you. Uh, I believe we are in potentially that next phase because at some point you may not even have a, a what do you a taskbar or a dock you'll just have a screen maybe you can put a background on it if you want and then you'll have that one button that goes to whatever ai thing is and if it's me and i'm saying hey i need to pull up my records from last month's pnl and i need to cross-reference that with how this week's going i type all that in and Excel pops up two versions and a, and a chart already made that can, that you know already does exactly what I asked it to do versus me having to manually go into Office, open up Excel, open up another Excel, uh, put them all in the same sheet, then run all the math, and then, and then actually find a chart that works best to, to represent it and then send that to my boss. I can just type all that into Copilot or you know Bard or whatever the next version is for Mac or whatever. And that is already working for me. I no longer need to navigate the oper- the actual screen, the actual physical screen of the operating system. I think that's where we're transitioning to, and I believe that's where Microsoft and everyone's hoping it goes. We'll see. I don't believe you and I will, ne- you know, necessarily gravitate towards that very easily. But to, like you said, to your your niece who is much younger, to my daughters who are younger, I, that may be the way they interact with things. It's I type in this thing and five or six things get done versus, you know, what we were thought with Cortana was like, oh, we just, we kind of played around with, we, we, you know, we gave it a personality. We thought it'd be kind of fun to banter back and forth. Now it's just, you no, know, I need these six or seven things done at once. And I don't have the time or I don't have the patience to do it myself. So you computer do it. And it goes through the system and figures it out for you. Same thing with like, hey, I want to, if you're studying for, say you're studying for law. You're, you're about to go to law school and you're like, you know what? I need a study session. Put on my, you know, law mixtape on Spotify, set it for about an hour, pull up the last reference, the last books I was reading and referencing. I need to highlight a section. And I also want to cross reference it with this, you know, specific case study. It'll pull up Spotify, start playing the music. It'll pull up your notes and then it'll pull up a web page for the specific case law that you're looking at. 
and you hadn't you didn't have to do you didn't have to go anywhere on the on your operating system to do all that you just typed it into the box so i think that's where windows is hoping it goes to will it make it useful now no but perhaps in the future i think you know the scenarios that you gave out there are really good first off i think you know you you were referring more to information or in data manipulation Right. And I think I think that absolutely, I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit when they put um, Copilot in the beta build of Windows this week, at least that's when I got it, you know, and you've got the icon down there. It's just Bing chat. It's not full, full on, you know, Windows Copilot. But I do find that I have picked that thing up and ask it questions and ask it to produce things that are more than just a few clicks. For me, such as what you mentioned, you know, manipulating spreadsheet data. What I don't see is you and I going, hey, you know, Copilot, change my background or change yeah. my brightness. I see us, okay, click, click, that's what I want, I'm done. You know, manipulation, information manipulation like that, you're darn right, I'm going to use it. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I don't have to spend that 45 minutes, that hour, that hour and a half. You know, in Excel, I mean, I know you do it for a living, but who wants to who wants to stare at an Excel spreadsheet for two hours when Copilot will knock it out in 30 seconds? That is the idea. And as far as like the operating of the of the uh, OS, you know, like you said, to dim your lights and things like that, that is more of a manual process. That's something you have to kind of train the the operate the AI for those kind of things to kind of set up like, all right, well. My daily routine is in the mornings. I want the, the brightness at 50%. I want these things opened up at from, you know, I want news opened up. I want Twitter opened up. And I want, you know, uh, a certain website opened up at these times. Like, that's the stuff that you're going to have to, like, train it and work it through. But again, I think at the end of the day, that's what Microsoft wants it to do. I think at some point, you know, I don't know if it's going to help them with making a lighter OS. Because I think at the end of the day, we've every, everybody who uses Windows wants a lighter Windows and a less less uh less babysitting of the operating system you wanted to just you know you yearn for that like oh just open up your lid and get to work versus like oh here's an update and you know my drivers are broken because you know bose or intel or sonos updated something on their end and i didn't know about it so now i need to go fix that you know that kind of stuff like i don't know i don't necessarily see copilot doing any of that stuff yet that's when I think if, if it can start doing that kind of stuff, searching out for drivers and updates from other places and saying, hey, we have it. You ready to update it? Do you have any time to do it today? We'll get it all fixed and we'll get it working your way. That kind of stuff, I think, is where Copilot will really take off for us old school Windows users and even for new people. Just less things you have to think about when you open up the lid for your, uh, to get work done. And I, I know it's coming our way, but, you know, Microsoft, I think it's in testing with small groups. We had covered it on the on the site. I'm ready to see full on Copilot or whatever, you know, if Microsoft changes the name. That's great. They, you know, add things to it. That's great. But I'm ready to see two things. I'm ready to see it in Microsoft 365. I'm ready to start seeing it do things for me on a daily basis, manipulate the data you know, on a spreadsheet in a Word document, summarize it for me and send it off, you know, send it off to our editor. Look, you know, this is a story idea I have. Okay, Copilot, summarize, you know, my sources here and send that off to our editor. 
that those are the things that I want to see. And then I want to see Windows 12, I'm assuming, is where we're going to find the full AI integration on some level. When it is integrated into Windows and I can literally sit down and start taking tasks that may take me 15 minutes and say, hey, you, you know, Copilot, you know it's Friday at 3 p.m. This is what I need you to do every Friday at 3 p.m. And it happens. Yes, that would be ideal. Uh, we will wait for that feature to come. Uh, as of right now, those of us who are lucky enough to get a version of Copilot, you, to your point, it's more of being chat just on Windows. But uh, we'll see what Microsoft can do. Uh, with that being said, let's bring this up to a wrap. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for hanging out with us and listening to us meander about being old and liking older versions of Windows and the way things used to be. Uh, and those of you who are looking for the future, at least keep your eye rolls to a minimum. But uh, where can people find you if they want to talk to you or give you some more good wishes? David, PAJ1978 on Twitter, and I promise I do not have a machine running Windows 3.1. I don't. <laughs> don't believe him, folks. Don't believe him. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at MindHead1 uh, on Twitter, uh, just Cream Anderson on Threads. Uh, if, if you want to talk about David's Windows 3.1 usage. Uh, other than that, <laughs> we, we want to thank you guys for being with us. Uh, again, for uh, acknowledging and appreciating our, our time off uh, last week. We will continue to bring you new updates and more information and hopefully some guests as well. Uh, before we wrap this up, I do want to talk about our hardware section real quick, which is I got reviewing. I am currently reviewing or wrapping up a review for the Lenovo Slim Pro 9i, both the 14 and 16 inch. Uh, I have the uh, ThinkPad X1 Nano as well. Uh, I have a four movie home theater projection system that I am wrapping up a review for, as well as getting access to the Dell XPS 13 Pro, the 13 gen uh, chipset. So that's the one with the like super flat, crazy design. And I just got uh, Samsung had reached out and I believe I may be able to review a Tab S9. So I'm gonna put that head to head with the Surface Pro and see uh, if Android is finally able to kind of uh, circumvent Windows on tablets, and maybe that's just where we go from now on, because I do believe the only Windows tablets are available are the one you're reviewing. I think there's a Dell one. And the Surface is right. Does HP yeah. have one? HP does not have one that we're going to consider. Asus has a gaming one, I think, or something, right? Yeah, they've got the X13. Okay. But there isn't no, very no. much there, especially not in the tablet form. These are just... We're talking about tablet computers. I'm talking about pure tablet devices. I think the Go is maybe the closest thing. I think, uh, and something you had mentioned, I've got a Ace Magician, which is a Chinese company that we have, you know, not heard a lot about. I've got um, a mini PC that is supposed to arrive today. And what's interesting about these little things is they're they're made off of the laptop internals they don't have the full desktop internals but for those that are familiar they're about the size of your roku boxes your set top boxes um, the particular one that i have coming does support multiple 4k monitors and there are a couple of these that do have the laptop integrated uh discrete gpu so i'm interested to see where those will take me um let's see 
We've got the Robo Incala 2-in-1. That review should be coming next week, and I hope a lot of you check that out. That device has been probably the most surprising device that I personally have reviewed in 2023. And I am also finishing up some of the Lenovo Legion gaming laptop reviews, and I'm going to see if we can get our hands on the slim version of some of those to see what maybe some of those differences are. Yes, yeah, so lots of hardware reviews coming at you from the two of us, so check the site out for that. Uh, for any other news or updates, again, you can check Twitter, you can check threads, you can go to the website. Uh, we are trying to be all, at all the places. Uh, I believe Facebook has picked up again since we've been on threads. So uh, you can find information from both of us and uh, our colleagues as well uh, at onmicrosoft.com. Uh, until then, have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Have a good weekend, folks.